2: Grant Blackley, your half-year results have come out. Let's talk about COVID first. Was it solely responsible for all of that 16% drop in revenue?
1: Yeah, I fundamentally believe it is, uh, Steve. Um, You know, there's been a sharp contraction uh, in the early days uh, directly affected by COVID. Um, We were trading well before that time. And as you know, the audio market has been a very resilient uh, marketplace and, you know, a growing positive concern in terms of listeners. So the impact of COVID was sharp and deep, um, but pleasingly what we've seen is quarter on quarter growth um, of some magnitude from really the advent of of COVID into the, you know, first quarter of uh, the new fiscal year and then a sharp improvement into the second quarter. So, yes, it was directly affected by the sentiment um, and the direct impact, the closing of borders, the health crisis, uh, all brought about by this pandemic.
2: You've got your financial director, Nick, there with you. Nick, maybe you can jump in for a moment and um, just point me to some of the key financial highlights across this half.
0: Thanks, everyone point out is obviously the recovery in earnings. So despite the uh, revenue shortfall caused by COVID, we've taken a lot of cost out of the business and we received some government support. We were able to deliver earnings the EBITDA that was up 11% year on year. Um, net debt is something to call out. So we've halved our net debt from $130 million down to $66 million. So we've got very low uh, leverage, leverage, um, uh, uh, with our banks and uh, going forward and and the last thing to point out is our cash flow generation so we generated 134% cash conversion so that means we, we got more cash than we had earnings we can also
1: highlight the fact that our you know, net profit after tax rose by 59% uh, which was a pleasing outcome
2: yeah that was and that's a very healthy result which I'm sure you'll be uh, all be very pleased of But you achieved it by cutting some significant staff numbers in that half year and and across the full year. How many staff did you cut altogether?
1: Our uh, our total staff numbers uh, are below the prior year. But in fairness, we actually had a number of ongoing projects uh, that relate to all different aspects of our business that on a pre-COVID basis uh, had commenced and uh, matured within the middle of COVID. And, you know, that was in different divisions uh, where we'd implemented technology and we had pretty much a 12-month rollout through that period. So, you know, discounting that fact, which was obviously a known action and outcome on the way through, what JobKeeper did was really allow us to maintain, for the most part, um, the people within SCA. Um, So we didn't see a dramatic number of people leave SCA through that period, and that was you know, very much supported by the government initiatives. Um, what I will say is that moving forward, we will continually look at investment in new technology and ways to create operational efficiencies and, I guess, ease of doing business with the company. Um, and that may result um, in uh, some uh, roles not being uh, uh, sustainable. But that's balanced by the fact that we've just launched Listener and Listener um, and our digital first um, strategy that we've employed across the business fundamentally is putting people on in new roles uh, with new responsibilities to drive new revenues um, and obviously earnings to our, um, our future um, guidance.
2: I can see that and, and definitely understand it from a business point of view but I just want to focus in on regional radio stations for a minute um, and some of them lost their local breakfast shows or their their regional breakfast shows as part of that that those changes with both technology and and staffing. What do you think will be the future of those smaller regional stations that no longer have a local breakfast announcer or breakfast team in their market?
1: Yeah, I think what we have to point out here is you know the uh, investment in the regional markets uh, remains dear to our heart uh, across the board, and Triple M is the epitome of that. Um, you know, we have put more resources into Triple M throughout the regions uh, to ensure that we are live and local in that regard. In regard to the decision to network certain shows in in states in the, on the hit network, in fairness, you know the uh, the, the composition of that uh, content. Uh, we felt could be improved um, with a uh, local show being produced for that particular broader region than necessarily within separate regions. Um, and the composition of that content, um, I think, has been improved, and we've certainly seen some accolades from that. So our commitment to the regions, our commitment to investment in the regions, has not stopped. Matter of fact, as we've launched Listener, as you know, we have uh, launched a new shortcast uh, investment strategy. And shortcast investment strategy looks at news, information, crime, what's happening. Um, and all of that is based on 15 regions within the uh, the, uh, the regional marketplace. And effectively, we are doubling down and creating hyperlocal content uh, for each of those regions. And we're only going to expand that. That's purely just a launch phase at this point, and will continue to mature. So as uh, one decision is made, and we might see a window close in certain areas, we're seeing other windows open up. But we've still still got that triple M live and local model, which we think uh, really does serve local communities and local needs. When
2: I talked to you last week, you didn't really want to talk about deals with Google or Facebook And um, in the last week. Week's a long time in politics. We've seen Facebook put their ban in and then lift it again. So are you expecting to do deals with Google and Facebook? Can you talk about it? And if you get some money, will that go into the journalism, particularly regional journalism?
1: Good question. You know, it has been been a long week. First, I'll I'll talk about Google. We are in discussion with Google. As a company, we fundamentally haven't focused uh, heavily for some time on the written word and accompanying images, which is where this particular conversation lands for the most part. Uh, Obviously, uh, some years ago, we pivoted uh, towards audio products for our news and information services. And that's not necessarily covered in the uh, current uh, negotiations or discussions with any of the uh, digital giants. Uh, But that said, uh, we do create some output and we are in discussion with Google, but nothing to announce at this point in time. In relation to Facebook, yes, everything was suspended for all parties. Uh, We have re-engaged with Facebook and we're hopeful that, like Google, they recognise the value that we contribute. And I think SCA is in a unique position You know, we are delivering hyper-local content uh, across multiple markets that, frankly, is not being served by the national broadcasters. The only people serving that content at a local level uh, is really, you know, companies like ACM who are doing it from a regional print-based publishing model. But everyone else is really doing a national model. So, you know, this is a fairly important and potent example of where the regions must be heard, The region must be represented, and we're hopeful that both Google and Facebook recognize that. To answer your last question, any funds that come from that, yes, we'd look very closely at how we can reinvest that to actually further improve the services
0: within the market to actually serve those local regions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: I think it's an interesting point you made about search and I've talked about this and I I totally agree. Search uh, in search engines has mainly been text search but I think that with the coming of podcasts we're seeing search including podcast searching now specifically in Google. You can search for podcasts in one section of Google and we're also seeing speech to text algorithms and artificial intelligence, analysing much more audio. So I do think that, you know, even though it may not be the focus now, I think that audio will become more prominent in search in the coming years.
1: I think you're completely right, Stephen. It's certainly the pathway we identified some time ago. Um, You know, uh, we have relationships with a number of people on a technology front, in terms of uh, conversion of audio back to text um, and vice versa, um, so we're expanding our partnerships in that regard. Um, unfortunately, that's not necessarily a conversation for Google and Facebook at this time, but I think it will be in the future uh, because they have, you know, a, uh, a deep desire to have audio content on their platforms, as most platforms do. And you know, respectfully, we are a very large contributor to that. So it's probably not a conversation for those two people at this point in time, but I have absolutely no doubt that it will be in the future. And secondly, it's a core part of our strategy as SCA to lead the digital audio market and fundamentally continue to supply uh, voice-activated news, information and entertainment to the marketplace.
2: Can you see a time where when somebody uploads their news bulletin in audio or some segments from their breakfast show that your websites or your listener platform will automatically just add text to that?
1: Yes, I can. And I think there's enough technology companies out there at this point in time that are uh, you know, we're engaged with. And yeah, we'd like to see you know zero latency on the way through be honest, uh, where we get to a point where, you know, the spoken word is, you know, um, in, in parallel converted to text and uploaded. I think we're a little way away, but not far away. Um, and certainly we've been testing and trialling a whole range of products uh, and partnerships, which I won't go into today. Uh, there is certainly more than, uh, more than one or two that we're dealing with. Um, and I think, as you know, one I will talk about is spoken layer. Um, we have uh, a small equity investment and an exclusive arrangement uh, with Spoken Layer and they're working with major publishers in the U.S. and broadly around the world. And to that end, you know, they're performing that style of function. So we will continue to invest and I think, I think the world knows and I think business and advertisers know that audio is becoming more prominent um, and more accepted um, component of our daily consumption. So, you know, we have to be at the forefront of that and provide that localism that international players can't necessarily uh, adopt uh, and certainly haven't adopted to date.
2: We talked about the strategy behind Listener last time we talked, but let's focus on the business model of that part of your business today since um, your announcements are all about finance. You ducked my question about how much uh, you were paying for copyright of the music services there. So I'll ask it again, and I'll add one more. Um, How much have been the licensing savings um, that you used to have to pay to Podcast One? Uh, I'll still duck your first question. (laughs) Fair Uh, enough. uh, That's a commercial incompetence conversation, but thank you for asking. Um,
1: in relation to the second, as you know, we are cash flow positive at Podcast One after a, an initial investment of $5.1 over a three-year period, um, and we achieved that ahead of our target, given the growth in premium content we supplied the market and the appetite for the market to pay uh, premium CPMs for that. Um, and we have a revenue-sharing model with our uh, uh, content creators, so it's a win-win for both parties. So... We will continue to build out that platform and we'll continue to share those rewards and the growth of you know, audio consumption, particularly in, in this particular
2: case, podcasting, uh, with those people that we partner with. What about two-day FM breakfast? Um, what's your take on the, the first few weeks of it and how do you think that will affect revenue, particularly national advertising revenue or Sydney-based um, agency revenue?
1: Yeah, we're, de- we're delighted with where we are with uh, a number of um, the shows that we've invested in, led by um, Sydney Breakfast, The Hit. So, absolutely delighted. Uh, we, we await, obviously, the results from Survey 1. That said, um, we have seen very positive feedback through our pulse surveys that we operate as SCA uh, that goes into market through our um, Insights community uh, to gain feedback. We've seen live streams go up um, and we've seen caller feedback as well. So we've got three data points there that we look at uh, to help gauge, you know, the um, uh, the actual occurrence of what's occurring. And all of those are in the positive, uh, as is the Marty Sheargold show in Melbourne. You know, we're transitioning from one show to a different show. Um, it is comedy-led show, unashamedly in this particular case. And the last thing is obviously over in Perth with, the, uh, the launch and announcement of a new Triple M station in Perth. Um, so what we're seeing there is very positive responses to uh, the content and the format. We're delighted to have the guys in the building fundamentally delivering a you know live and local show uh, for us. Their pedigree, uh, particularly with Husey and Ed, um, were strong performers on the network of hit um, over many years, so they are seasoned and known properties. And the addition of Erin in Sydney, I think, has been very refreshing in that regard. So we have high hopes for that. Um, as ratings increase, which they inevitably will, um, we will arguably see a commensurate increase in demand uh, and inquiry and, uh, as a result, revenue. So I think all goes well at this point in time. And, you know, we will watch this over the next two to three surveys. Uh, but we've got uh, a reasonable amount of confidence that we'll start to see growth in those key economic
2: format. I was wondering now if you can report the ratio of the digital audio platforms, listener, your streaming, uh, revenue that's coming from that path compared with traditional metro and regional radio revenue. What's what's the ratio now and what are you hoping it will be in the future? Steve,
0: I can answer that. Um, Thanks, federation. So the digital audio revenue is 5.2 million in the period, mm-hmm. um, and for the that was, half year. For the half year, and that was against total audio revenue of 170. So it's a small proportion at the moment, but it's growing rapidly. It grew 60% um, in the in the half year year-on-year, year, and we expect to see that continue to
1: make a, a larger and larger contribution. And year. I think, Steve, it's, it's fair to say there is no listener revenue uh, in that at this point in time. Um, but we you know naturally will see you know a, a dramatic increase in that in due course because listener is the aggregator um, of all of our content across um, our music, our live streams, um, our podcasting, and our new shortcasts on the way through. So it's its own ecosystem in its own right and to that end you know we are building a scaled personalized destination and I firmly believe, in that advertising-led strategy, as we have at this point, um, that fundamentally we will see, you know, a scaled outcome which will be very attractive to advertisers. And in uh, and the agencies last
2: alike. in the last so, week or so, when you have been taking it out to agencies, uh, what's their initial reaction? Are they excited?
1: Extremely. Um, you know, we have spoken with um, the uh, all of the market, both here and abroad. To be honest, um, and the response has been
0: overwhelmingly.